ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. It took just 48 hours for the death toll to rise to over a 1,000, and it's only going to grow as Israel responds to the surprise attack by Hamas militants. For decades, there's been hope of a peace deal, but now Israel has declared war, with more than 100 of its citizens also taken hostage. So why is this happening now, and how can it be stopped? Today, the ABC's global affairs editor, John Lyons, on the unprecedented attack, the history of the disputed territory, and why he believes there's still hope for peace. John, you lived in Jerusalem for six years, so you really do know this story inside out, don't you? Well, Sam, that time in Jerusalem uh, allowed me to get a really good slice of life and culture and the way people think in Jerusalem, which is obviously one of the most contested cities in the world. John, just take me back to Saturday night when this attack began to unfold. The world was not expecting this. It was a shock, wasn't it? And it's unprecedented what's happening now. That's right. I think that the operation must have been months in the planning. Mm -hmm. It was very well planned. The fact that the Israelis had not a hint of it says a lot about their failure of intelligence. I Mm. don't think they have very good human intelligence out of Gaza. They do out of the other Palestinian territory, the West Bank, where I believe they have as many as 20,000 paid informants across the West Bank. But the Gaza is a much tougher nut to crack because it is blocked off, it is isolated. You can't really get in or out. Mm. So Israelis are not allowed to go to Gaza, for example. It's really sealed off. Yeah, and there's barricades up everywhere, isn't it? So these militants, they really had to get through those barricades to get into Israel. That's right. I mean, I've when I've been through there, you go through the Erez crossing, the main check, Israeli army checkpoint. It's this massive concrete structure and you never see people. It's microphones. Open your bag, put it mm. on the table. Security like you've never seen before. My belief now, having talked to people, is that it was a Jewish holiday, it was planned, and of course, like in Thanksgiving in the US, for many of the high holidays in Israel, often this younger soldiers, the 18, 19, 20-year-olds, go back to their family homes for the lunches, for the dinners, and turn their mobile phones off. Mm. It's 50 years since the Yom Kippur War, when of course the Arab states jumped Israel, knowing that they were observing Yom Kippur. Israel learnt from that. And when I was there, the soldiers would say to me, never again, we're we're always going to be on alert. Something went badly wrong because even when Hamas was able to get into southern Israel, they were then able to run rampant for hours. 
hours and hours, the terrible massacre they did at the music festival, going from apartment building to apartment building, shooting at civilian cars. Israel's got the strongest army in the Middle East, and my question, Sam, is where were they? And you mentioned that music festival near the Gaza border. Israel says there's 260 dead. And John, there's that absolutely chilling video from the festival of a young Israeli couple being dragged away by militants. A young woman driven away on a motorbike. It's awful. Of course, to me, and I've said this about Russia with Ukraine, targeting of civilians, of any civilians, is a war crime in my view. This, in my view, this was by Hamas, a massive war crime for which they should be accountable. These people were young people, like our kids, who went off to the desert to enjoy a festival. They were not armed, they were not combatants, they were not standing next to a military facility. They were killed in cold blood and many of them taken back to Gaza. Mm. So this is horrifying and this will shake Israel to the core, but it will also make the Netanyahu government believe that they now have a mandate for the, the worst pounding Gaza's ever seen. We are at war, not an operation, not rounds, but at war. This morning, Hamas opened a murderous surprise attack against the state of Israel and its citizens. We are in it since early this morning. Benjamin Netanyahu has declared the nation is at war. And he said he would turn Hamas strongholds into rubble. In addition, I ordered a wide call for reservists to fight back with might and scope that the enemy did not know. The enemy will pay a price he did not know until now. My thoughts are also with all the people in Gaza who are not supporters of Hamas. And there are many. I've run into them. When I was there, there was a woman who was near the border, a Palestinian woman, who was very angry with these guys who were in the side street. There were some Hamas guys in this ute and they had a missile. She's angry. She's telling them to go away, to go somewhere else. Because mm. every time a missile's fired from, from Gaza, Israel, with its drones and its cameras and everything, hits the spot from which it was fired. That's their policy to discourage people doing it. And her view was, you've come into my street, my neighbourhood, and you're going to deliver upon us an Israeli strike, a missile hitting here. And so there are people inside Gaza who do not like Hamas. An Al Jazeera journalist was broadcasting from Gaza as an Israeli airstrike hit nearby. All right. Yumna, please take cover. No, it's okay. Um, this is a missile attack on on Palestine Tower. As you say, it's terrifying for the citizens of Gaza. A spokesman for the Israeli Defence Forces, Jonathan Conricus, was on Radio National Breakfast. Will strike back at Hamas at their military targets, and there will be pictures of suffering in Gaza. Please remember how this started. It started with an unprovoked attack against our civilians, and we had civilians executed in their homes.
Let's step back a moment, John, for a quick history lesson, because this can get confusing. Tell me more about Hamas. It was founded in 1987. Why? What was its purpose? That's right. It was founded uh, as a, quote, resistance movement to Israel's occupation of the two Palestinian territories, the West Bank and Gaza. So its entire mantra, its entire raison d'etre is to end the occupation. Its charter actually formally talks about um, eradicating Israel. It doesn't believe in the state of Israel, in the existence of the state of Israel, which makes it very difficult for Israel to make any peace deal with an organisation that, that doesn't even acknowledge your right to exist. And it took control of Gaza, and there's another big faction there, Islamic Jihad, and there's eight separate Salafist groups inside Gaza. I mean, Gaza's a a political mess as well as a physical mess. So you've got these eight other Salafist groups who are more hardline than Hamas. These groups are always pressuring Hamas to be more hardline, to be more violent. So there'll be periods where Hamas, there's relative quiet, where Hamas is sometimes saying to Islamic Jihad, don't fire rockets because we've got a ceasefire. So it just shows you the depth of the problem. If Hamas is seen as one of the more moderate of the groups, you can imagine what the others are like. Yeah, world leaders, of course, particularly American leaders, have tried to bring about peace in this conflict over many decades. George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. Despite all the obstacles, despite all the history, despite all the mistrust, we have to find a way forward. And to work for a shared future shaped by the values of the Torah, the Quran, and the Bible. And now comes a moment of choice. A Palestinian state will never be created by terror. They've tried to bring peace, but it seems like nobody can do that. That's right. I mean, brief history, of course, 1947, Australia was actually a leader in the formation of the State of Israel. The United Nations General Assembly in 1947 was working out what to do with what used to be called the British Partition. We'll divide it up, the UN agreed, into a Jewish state and an Arab state, Palestine. From 1967, there was a war there between Israel and many of its neighbours. Israel won the war and then occupied what had been designated as that Arab state, Palestine, the West Bank and Gaza. And then Israel withdrew from Gaza because it was just too hard, too difficult. But they've kept the West Bank, where there's three million Palestinians who now live under Israeli military occupation, which means the Israeli army is the ultimate authority there. To me, the only solution to this problem is what the president of Turkey, Erdogan, has said. He says that a two-state solution is a necessity that can no longer be delayed. Mm -hmm. My view is there has to be a political solution. It can't keep going on this way. John, around the world we've seen pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations, including in Sydney's West. World leaders have condemned the attack on Israel. The United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. From Joe Biden to Anthony Albanese, our Foreign Minister Penny Wong. I expressed Australia's support for Israel, uh, our solidarity, uh, and our support for Israel's right to defend itself. 
But Hamas, it has allies too. What backing does it have? Who's behind it? Well, Hamas, obviously, there have also been the demonstrations in, in other places, as you say, like uh, in Iran, in, in Tehran, Lebanon, any countries that are opposed to either Israel or the United States like to, you know, latch on to Hamas. Mm-hmm. And the northern border, the big party to watch is Hezbollah, which is means basically Iran, Iran's proxies mm-hmm. in Lebanon, Hezbollah. If they decide from the northern border to attack Israel, then this escalates into a whole new level. Well, John, the world, of course, we're shocked by this. But tell me, should we really be surprised? Not really. The, the cycle of violence here, this has all been coming for a long time. Let's come up with a political solution. Now, get other people to help you with it, for sure. The Arab states should be helping. Saudi Arabia should be helping to broker a deal. Because, you know, there's always been conflicts in the past where people have said, oh, they'll never be. Remember the orange and the green in Ireland? They said that'll never be solved. Or South Africa will never be solved. Surely all conflicts can be solved if the right people of goodwill and leadership do it. But at the moment, we don't have the right constellation of the stars. John Lyons is the ABC's global affairs editor. He's heading to Israel to cover the conflict. Australians are being urged not to travel to Gaza or bordering areas. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Lara Corrigan and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.